Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews and then go behind the scenes of our creative process. Elder Sign, designed by Richard Lanas and Kevin Wilson, published by Fantasy Flight Games, one to eight players for one to two hours, review by Cheyenne Morse, or for those of you who like a little alliteration, dice duels with doom-laden deities. Many games have you wrestling with Lovecraftian horrors, risking life and sanity as you battle creatures from worlds beyond, namely public domain. But my absolute favorite is Elder Sign. Elder Sign is a cooperative dice game in which players try to seal an ancient one out of the world using wits, cunning, and a few lucky dice rolls. Even as the horrific evil desperately tries to struggle free. Set in Arkham's Miskatonic Museum, it's up to players to search each room, battling monsters and crazed fanatics, in the hope of discovering Elder Signs, the only thing that can save the world. How to solve a mystery, or basic turn structure. Each player's turn starts by choosing an adventure card. These outline the thematic and mechanical goals for your turn, granting rewards including helpful cards, tokens, or the all-important Elder Signs. The various cards and tokens offer boons to future dice rolls or otherwise help your character as they explore the university. There are monster tokens as well. Monsters are chosen at random during the game, and they get added to the adventure cards to increase their difficulty. These get put into play by various means. Sometimes a card will specify a monster is added, but it can also be a penalty for failing to complete a task. To succeed in an adventure, the player needs to roll dice and match the symbols on the card within a certain number of dice rolls. Again, this is where the various accoutrements that you've picked up can aid you. Failure results in penalties, usually causing you loss of health and sanity, but it can also add on even more monsters or progress the doom track. As I'm sure you've guessed, Doom is not good. Each step on the Doom track brings you closer to the Ancient One Awakening. Even victory can demand sacrifice. Some tasks can only be defeated by giving up some health or sanity. No one said saving the world was going to be easy. One of the coolest aspects of the game is the confined use of theme and mechanisms to create a wonderful sense of apprehension. At the close of each turn, the hand of the clock marches inexorably towards midnight, at which time a card is revealed and players react to its ghastly effects. Usually this means more monsters or another token added to the doom track, signifying the Ancient One's impending arrival. There is something both delightful and nerve-wracking about having a clock counting down to your doom. Don't get intimidated. At first glance, this game looks complicated. There are lots of little pieces and a couple decks of cards. Often when I'm trying to explain the mechanics to a new player, I inevitably get a look of how am I going to remember all of this dismay. But the game has a nice flow to it that feels very intuitive, even to beginners. Keep things simple and just run through a couple of mock turns, but really that's helpful teaching just about any game. Read the cards. I say this for two reasons. The first and most obvious is that you have to read them to know if there are any special effects that take place during a certain phase of the game, such as when the clock strikes midnight or if you roll a Cthulhu image on the dice. 
Secondly, they almost always have text on them that really helps set the tone of the game. It might describe what you hear or see, or it might just creep you out, such as, Memories flooded my thoughts when I saw the thing. I knew I deserved the awful death it would bring. The art is just as fantastic. Every time I play, I admire the deep colors and stirring images. The physicality of monsters entering the fray can throw your plans into disarray and force the group to change their tactics. Honestly, the art is one of the things that makes this game my favorite. Oh no, I've been devoured! Once you run out of sanity or health, your character is devoured by the very eldritch horror you've been trying to contain. When this happens, a doom token is added to the doom track, and you say goodbye to your player character, along with all the sweet loot you've gained over the course of the game. Take a moment of silence for your fallen character, and then draw a new one out of the pile. This is a mechanic of the game that I really like. The game isn't outrageously long, but it's not short either, and when a couple of bad rolls of the dice can end your life, it's good to know you won't spend the next 40 minutes watching your friends have all the fun while you're slowly digested over a thousand years. Everyone's all in until the end. The Ancient One has awakened. You have failed in your attempt to seal the Ancient One away. It has risen up and it is ready to devour humanity. What can you do? Mostly, you just die. Each Ancient One has a different weakness, and for most of them, you can keep fighting. The chances of you winning are extremely slim, but you can always try. Unless it's Azathoth. Then you and the entire world are just devoured. Om nom nom. Number of players. This game plays the same no matter how many players you have. It can accommodate small to largest groups of players. You can even play the game solo face-to-face -face with all that darkness, alone as the madness slowly consumes you. As a nerd and an introvert, this pleases me greatly. Sometimes you just gotta go solo against the monsters. Replayability. One of the things that makes this game so great is that it's a little different each time you play. Since most of the systems in the game are driven by decks of cards, games will feature new and interesting combinations of player characters, adventurers, and monsters, all while maintaining the same overall flow and ease of play. Overall, this game is super fun to play. It's the kind of game you can play a lot without getting tired of it. The art is beautiful, there's always a new challenge, and I just love rolling dice. It's always satisfying. Now go out there and slay some monsters. It's been almost a year since I wrote this review, um, and my feelings toward the game are still very much the same. I love playing it, I love introducing people to it, I love playing with people who've played it 20 times before, because it's just fun. There's something that I really like about cooperative games. Uh, I like all kinds of board games. Uh, there's something really fun about accusing all your friends if you play Resistance or Battlestar Galactica. Uh, you all are Cylons, you know it, don't lie to me. But there's something that I like about cooperative games, and I think as much fun as it is to tease my friends, it's even more fun to succeed with them. And I think that's really what I like about games like this. Um, and then if it all goes downhill, you can, you know, pat each other on the shoulder and say, like, you know, we went down fighting man, which is also very fun. This game was introduced to me by a friend of mine. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was on International Tabletop Day. Uh, my friend and co-host of Fictional Females, a completely different podcast, throws one just about every year and we all get together and invade her house and uh, play way too many board games for hours and hours. 
And my other, another one of my friends brought this out and, you know, at first it looked confusing. It's got a lot of pieces, got a couple of decks of cards, but it just, once we got the setup and we figured out how to play, it went super smooth. And, you know, it's so much fun to like high five each other. And some of those rolls, like they come down to the last possible dice. And man, when you hit that, it's so good. And it's just fun. Uh, we had a ton of people playing that day. I think we had more than eight. I think there were a, a team or two playing of two players just because we all were having so much fun playing together. I've played this game with really lush groups. Like it was pushing the limits of this game and I've played it solo and I've played it with just me and my husband. Uh, a lot of times on our anniversary we go camping and what we do is we set up a tarp in case it rains and we play board games together and we listen to audiobooks or podcasts. We just have a nice quiet time away from everybody else and this game is really fun to do that with because you have so many little dice to help you hold down all the cards in case it's windy. So that's my recommendation. Also small pebbles work for that. But this game is one of my enduring favorites because, you know, on board game days with large groups on crazy outdoor adventures where you shouldn't bring card games on your wild camping trips on at home, you know, sitting on the floor, sitting at the table. I always have fun with this game. I always have fun with the people I'm playing with. It brings everybody closer together. Uh, there's something about facing ancient horrors that really brings out the best in people. And you just have a good time. And I think that's something that a lot of players respond to. I also am a big sucker for horror movies, and so having a game where you get to interact with Eldritch Horror is also a good time. So I think, really, for this game, if you haven't played it, you should give it a shot. And I think, really... There's a lot of great stuff about this game and a lot of board games out there. Clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, you have interest in some or all of them. And I think that's really wonderful. That's, to me, what the heart of a board game is. There is a lot to be said about a game you can play solo like this one, and I do appreciate that. But to me, a lot of times when I play board games, it's about spending time with people I care about. Um, And I'm not always a great conversationalist, but I'm always there to slay some monsters. So there's that. That's what I got going for me. I'll stop rambling at you now. Uh, This was Cheyenne Morse, lifelong friend of Jack. He just can't get rid of me. And half of Fictional Females, the weekly podcast that brings fabulous fictional females to the forefront. So if you like hearing the sound of my voice or have an interest in how women are portrayed in various mediums, come check us out. Um, You can find us at uh, fictionalfemales.com or Fictional Females Podcast on Facebook or on Twitter. Come check us out. The delightfully perfect and wickedly smart Diana is my co-host and she is an absolute treat. Thank you so much for listening to this review on the Cardboard Herald. Please support their Patreon so they can keep putting out their awesome quality content. Goodbye, my lovelies. Thank you for listening to the Cardboard Herald. As always, everything we do is ad-free and audience-supported. If you'd like to help keep it that way, find the Patreon link at the top of our webpage, CardboardHerald.com. We have several levels of support with various rewards. If you enjoyed the show, we do a whole bunch of other stuff, including reviews, interviews, and recommendations across writing, podcasts, and video. You can find that on our YouTube channel or by visiting any of our social media or our website. So with that out of the way, thank you again for listening to the Cardboard Herald.
Thank you.